This week we're going to be talking about the week of April 3rd through the 9th. It's going to be the full moon in Libra and Mercury in Taurus. We have really exciting news. We got our book, The Basics of Astrology, in the Sickest Crystal Metaphysical Shop in Los Angeles, Spellbound Sky. We share about the fabulousness that Mark and Martin, the owners of Spellbound Sky, bring to Los Angeles and just how excited we are to have our book in their shop. This week, we're talking about values and authenticity. We want to be releasing any relationship tendencies that are inauthentic, and we're going to be establishing our self-worth through communicating our values. Stay tuned. The Weekly Transit. Astrology is a language that communicates how the planets and stars influence life on Earth. I'm Scott Tajarian. I'm an interpreter of this language. Join me and my co-host, Ingrid Iverson, who helps bring an even more practical look at this astral language. The Weekly Transit is here to bring clarity to the chaos so you can ride the planetary waves instead of the planets riding you. The Weekly Transit. Hello, everyone. Good morning, Scott. What's up, Ingrid? Oh, just still excited from our little um, visit we got to have. Our field trip? Yeah, we had a field trip. (laughs) So much fun. So exciting. So we, if anyone doesn't have the basics of astrology, that's the book that me and Scott put together last year. It's for sale on Amazon as a paperback copy. It's $30 or you can download it to your Kindle for 10 bucks. And we just started getting it in some shops in Los Angeles. And we got it in our absolute favorite store in LA, Spellbound Sky. Amazing. And so we went for a little field trip. We got to hang out with the owners. Um, Mark and Martin. Mark and Martin, who are, they're just absolutely magical. The shop is stunning. They bring all the energy. They're hilarious. They're fun. They... (laughs) They just made the whole thing really exciting, and their store is just gorgeous. The first time Scott actually introduced me to Spellbound Sky a couple years ago, and I had been driving by for years and didn't even know it was a crystal store. It's like a secret little spot. It just looks like it's all black with this giant crystal unicorn in the window. (laughs) And so when he took me there, I was like, oh my god, I've been driving by this for years. I had no clue. I thought I'd been to all the crystal stores. It's on Santa Monica near Sunset Junction, kind of across the street from the Air One over there. Uh, It is a magical oasis, a vortex in Los Angeles. And so, yeah, when I took Ingrid that first time, she thought we'd be in there for like 20 minutes. Yeah, I was like, how long can we, how how much time should I allow for this? Like 20 20 minutes at the most. Scott's like, no, at least an hour. I was like, oh my God, Scott's such a dork. What are we going to do for an hour? (laughs) Scott's just so into crystals. No, we were there for like two hours. Yeah. They just, the staff knows everything about every crystal. They're like giving you little mini readings, almost helping you sort through, you know, and then I have like 20 stones and Mm -hmm. the staff is like, you don't need 20 stones. You're getting out of control. Like. This is what you said you want to focus on. These are the, you know, these are the core things that you should be working on. And they just have a lot of intention and it just feels very calming. Like it really does feel like almost some sort of therapy session where you're like, okay, there's like a restart happening here just by entering this store and interacting with these people in this space. 
it's calming, but it, there's a unique vibe to it that that makes it, I don't know, different than what you might be thinking of what a crystal shop would be. Uh, 100%. You know, like Mark was telling me when they were creating the store, and like when you think of a crystal shop, you think of like, you know, the, the water fountain and the Zen music or whatever. And you go into Spellbound and they're playing like, 70s rock or something you know mm-hmm. it's like the soundtrack of my childhood when i walked in there the first time i'm like whoa this is i feel like i'm five years old again like this is like the music that my parents were listening to when i was growing up and so it's it's just kind of a different feel it's like uh, playful that, and energizing yes exactly and they're both just so charismatic and engaging and all the staff like ingrid said is very knowledgeable i mean i first heard about spellbound in 2016 when i was just as at the impetus of like getting super into astrology and uh lauren who we worked with just told me she was like you should go to spellbound sky and i was like what that what's that and she's like it's a crystal shop and it, I just kind of filed it away in the back of my mind. And I opened up their website on my browser, on my computer, and it was open for months. Oh, my for God. For months. Because I was like, so <laughs> I, when am I going to go there? I don't know. I want to go there. I don't want to forget about it. So I'll just keep it open on my computer forever until I finally go. And on August 5th, 2016 is when I went to spellbound when uranus was conjunct my chiron the planet of the unexpected conjunct with the wound and the ancient wisdom that is unlocked through healing that wound and my ju and jupiter the planet of luck and expansion was conjunct at the same degree in the same sign is my part of fortune in virgo in the fifth house so at once i walked in there i was in this oasis i felt like i was being healed and yet my creativity uh, was being invigorated in some way. And, and it was just the most magical experience. And ever since then, after that, every Tuesday, I see my therapist on the east side in Atwater Village. And when driving back from Atwater Village to West Hollywood, I stop at Spellbound Sky every week for like three years. And I buy a bracelet made by <laughs> Dean from Wax and Wayne, who's also a part of Spellbound. And uh, and I'd be chatting with Margot or Lauren or Mark or Martin or Dean or anyone who is in there. Those are the people that were working there most of the time and just having deep conversations with them. <laughs> They're just so kind and helpful. And uh, man, it just, the place just changed my life in the most po- in the most positive way. Okay, I would love to know what's happening astrologically. You never shared with me that story about actually where the planets were on the day that you first went there. So that's pretty yeah, amazing that you even know. Yeah. I'm well, that's what's away. fun that's so about cool. what a full circle moment. Like just <laughs> I mean, I'm not if if you haven't been to this store, you have to go see it. This feels really like there's been all these little mile markers, but for me, this feels like a big mile marker to be in their shop is like such an honor. Mm-hmm. Like this is Huge. an LA fucking staple. And like the other artists that are in this shop, there's tarot decks, 
There's like, you know, oils and tinctures and jewelry. And they're just stunning. Gayla Darling's book. I don't know if any of you know her. She's just a stunning manifestation coach. Her book is like right next to ours. I was like, wow, this is, this feels like we're doing something right. Yes. And the the owners of the shop even listened to the podcast. I wanted to cry. There's just, (laughs) yeah, they were just such amazing cheerleaders and totally hyped us up and made us feel so special. Yes. So we're, we, if you don't have the book, go to Spellbound Sky, bring all your money because every, you're going to need everything there. Yes. Even Martin showed us the his phone. It was like, see, you're you're on my top three podcasts that I listen to every Sunday night. I listen to your podcast. It, it's it truly is an honor. I, I it felt like hitting a pinnacle in yeah. some way. Like Pluto is conjunct with my midheaven right now, and it's really? like this is like that kind of crowning moment of achievement for me that I never even imagined that I would have an astrology book. First of all, when I walked into Spellbound Sky the first time, I never imagined I'd be an astrologer at that point in time. Uh, And now I've got a book, (laughs) an astrology book in Spellbound. It's like, whoa, what? Wow. And will you also tell them about, um, you were saying one of the guys was sitting down with you saying you had like all of your chakras and that's- Oh, that was, so you asked about, you're like, you never told me the day that you went in there and I didn't actually know the day until I, this is what's great about the phone and taking pictures and stuff. I scrolled back all the way back to 2016. I was like, I know I took a picture when I was there. I was sitting at the glass table with Martin across from me and laid out. I had, I had uh, picked out, I think eight crystals just little tiny ones. I was just starting out. I didn't go crazy like Ingrid and, and spend all my money there. I was just like, I'm just going to get small stones and see, you know, if I can build a grid and what does this look like? You know, I'm filling out the vibe and I put it down there and I snapped a photo and you can see my head and Martin's head uh, from, from the reflection of the table. And that's where the date is August 5th, 2016 and martin told me he's like oh my god you've got all the crystals here you've got you've got every chakra except for one hold on a second i'm gonna get up i'm gonna get you another crystal it's on me i'll take care of it and he went and got the seventh crystal for the the chakra that i was missing i didn't even know that i had a crystal for each chakra except for one but he knew that and he gave me an extra crystal and i was just like okay i'm coming back here next week and then the week after <laughs> Did this I mean this store is like insane to me. Last time I went, I literally put myself in the corner. My best friend came to town. I was like, okay, I have to take you here, Erica. Like you're gonna love it. But I can't look at anything because before I even went to the shop, I already had enough crystals for any person. So like for me to spend any more money on a crystal was just absurd. Hmm. So when I went back with her, I just sat in the corner and then I met a woman and her name was Ingrid and she worked at the fucking crystal shop. Just the whole, exp- there's always something magical happening there. Yes. And now my friend Erica is getting married in two months and her engagement ring is from one of the jewelers in Spellbound Sky, uh, Perrier Like the Water. Margot, who also used to work at Spellbound, okay. who was one of the people who was helping me, would always help me when I would go in years ago. She doesn't work at the store anymore, but now her jewelry is in the store. She's nice. a, full, a full-time jeweler. And yeah, your friend Erica 
her engagement ring was made by Margot. Perrier Like the Water, if you want to check out her website. It's perrierlikethewater.com. Her stuff is really stunning and special, and everything that they have there, it doesn't feel like so hippie and granola. It's like some mm-hmm. high-end, sometimes it's really minimalist, sometimes it's really feminine. It's very simple, and I just have always wanted some jewelry that had crystals that didn't look so, like, yeah, granola, I guess would be the word. Yeah. Um, so they just have, like, just a beautiful selection, really just different than any other place that I've seen. Yes. It's amazing. So, it's a gem. It's a one of a kind. If you're if you don't live in LA and you come to LA, that is a place to go is to go to Spellbound St- Sky, spend an hour or two there. You will be amazed. Like it's it's one of those places. It's like, yeah, you can go to the Hollywood Walk of Fame and and to um the Hollywood sign and all that sort of stuff, whatever. But if you want to go to the spot where the people that live in LA go, yeah. That is the place to go, Spellbound Sky. And uh and if you do live in LA, you got to fucking go there. Then go. And uh and if you live in LA and you don't have the basics of astrology, the book, the the paperback copy book, the physical copy, then go to Spellbound and pick up your copy. We'll put the links in the bio of course or the show notes yeah so i guess long story short our book is in spellbound so that's very exciting yes and if you're new to the podcast the way it works we'd like you to listen along with us as well as if you want to watch us on video we show some of the images that we are talking about all the signs and symbols they flash across the screen that's available on spotify as well as youtube so go check out our beautiful faces and then you also want to pair it with and then scott's got the um, book here he's giving a little preview if you're watching yes. with us here's a little um, bit of the book and then you can go to the website go to the forecast tab that's going to have a little in-depth description of what's happening each week you can look at the slides that are kind of flash across the screen here you can sit and look at them a little bit longer and then it has all the journal prompts that scott asks me here on the podcast so you can reflect with them by yourself and wait there's one more piece we're listening we're looking at the book we talked about the forecast. Okay, yeah, that's all the things. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that was our exciting little so adventure exciting. for the week. I'm so honored. I'm so grateful for you, Ingrid, for your support and for helping me bring this book together, you and Chris. I'm I'm thankful to Gabriella, as I mentioned last week, because we were in there two weeks ago, and she's like, you should talk to them and put your book in here. And I was like... Okay, I needed that encouragement. Yeah. I needed somebody to tell me to do that. And of course, as soon as I told Martin, he's like, "Oh my god, yes, I'd love your book in here." And so so Ingrid and I went last week and it's such an honor. I'm so excited. Thrilled. Amazing. And of course, thank you to Mark and Martin. Yeah, if I didn't say that already. Yeah, thank yes. you Mark. Thank you Martin. Yes. We yeah, we adore you guys. We adore your shop and we're going to send everyone we know there. Absolutely. My cousin comes to town, Jennifer. And you're doing a field trip. <laughs> yeah, there'll be a field trip is on the itinerary to go to Spellbound. I should I want to make like a I don't know what, a book or like a some sort of a PDF of all of my favorite places in LA. Yeah, when you I come like, to LA, like a guidebook for LA and Spellbound's yeah. on there for sure. It's a definite place. Yeah. Yes. So grateful to you, Mark and Martin. Thank you so much. 
Um, shall we get into, well, before we get into the week, we have some questions. Shall we start with those? Yes. So I have Miss Ariana Noel 111 here. She is asking, what does it mean to have a Venus return? I'm not sure if that's what it would be called. My Venus is in Aquarius. And since it just recently moved into Aquarius, does that mean it's a Venus return? So this just shows how far behind we are on the questions because Venus is in Taurus now. So it's already moved through Aquarius and Pisces and Aries, and now it's in Taurus. So we're a little behind. Thank you, Ariana Noel, for your question. Venus return, the Venetian return. I look at it. uh, Yeah. The Venetian return. Yes. The Venetian return. It's a return of, of an awakening to your senses to your five physical senses, sight, sound, smell, taste, touch. What are your likes and dislikes? It's a recentering of yourself. When you understand what you like and what you don't like, that allows you to find what you are most attracted to, the people that you're attracted to, the people that are attracted to you. Do their likes and dislikes align with your likes and dislikes? Uh, you know, when I look at like sinistry charts, whether it's lovers, friends, business partners, you want to see, does the sun connect to Venus? If the sun's connecting to Venus in a positive way, which would be a, let's say a sextile or a trine or even a conjunction that can bring about, that means that you're going to, you're going to have similar likes and dislikes to the person that you're connected to there. So hopefully during your Venetian return, Ariana Noel 111, you were able to get greater insight into your likes and dislikes, your senses, and connect to those in your orbit that enliven your senses, that illuminate your likes and dislikes, that support what it is you enjoy, what you value. It's really fun to connect with other people that are into the same things that you're into. Just like going to the crystal shop made me feel extra inspired and extra creative because the owners are just super excited about the crystals and sharing their life and their story Mm -hmm. and their drum circle and their design for their home and their closet and their clothes. Just, I love all of those things. So that just made me feel like it lit me up. And then now we're going to do a little coming here shortly. I think maybe next week we'll have some like new slides to show you guys. We're just updating a little bit of the website and stuff over the next couple of weeks. And it's been on my mind forever, like for the last like six months, but only after like connecting with people that remind me that I love beautiful things. And like all of these aesthetics are important to my happiness. (laughs) Re-inspired me to be creative. You, You know, it's funny, Ingrid. So Martin, when we were there, he shared with me his daytime and place of birth. And I looked at his chart and you know what Martin, you and I have in common no. Venus is in the same sign for all wow. three of us in Aww. Libra, the sign that it rules. So this is why when we go to spellbound, we're like, Oh my God, I feel at home. This place is so beautiful. It makes so much sense to me because our likes and dislikes are similar in that way. What we find beautiful. I love that. Yes. All right, let's see. We have another question from Miss Lily Chryslow. How does being born on or around a full moon affect you? If you're born under a full moon, 
it means that there is potentially some discordance with regards to your identity and your emotions. They're, they're like at odds with each other. It's the way that you identify is at odds with what you need to feel fulfilled emotionally. Uh, you may also view that your parents, the masculine and feminine entities of whatever that parental aspect was for you growing up, they might have been at odds with each other. So because the masculine is the sun and the feminine is the moon and they're opposed one another. So maybe the mother and the father, there was some sort of opposition that you experienced between the two of them. But from your own inner experience, you have your identity and how you identify and then you have your emotions, which are at odds with how you identify. But the thing is, is you are very driven to satisfy your emotions and bring it into a balance with your identity, which is a challenge. And opposition is a challenge. But that is uh, one of the challenges that you're you're meant to face in this life. But it's meant to help you evolve and grow and find balance in who you are. Tagging along on that, you're talking about the masculine and the feminine as in like mother and father. Yeah. I'm wondering if that could also be like an internal conflict of sorts. Like me and my friend were just talking about a lot of the masculine and feminine qualities. And he has like a whole uh, theory of masculine versus feminine. You know, most women and men fit into kind of like the general category. Mm -hmm. Um, But he was saying how I have a lot of masculine qualities, although I do have some very stereotypical feminine qualities also. So maybe some sort of a dissonance internally with, um, he was talking about like system or, or pro- process oriented versus outcome oriented. Women are more process oriented and men are more outcome oriented. Um, so we kind of live a little more in our emotions usually and mm-hmm. men are more about like the outcome. Um, but you know, there's all a mix of that in all the genders and spaces. Um, but I thought maybe that might be s- somehow incorporated into this, like the, the dichotomy within ourselves of totally totally not you know we we are all different levels of masculine and feminine whether you are a man or a woman you have different levels of masculine feminine energies and those are usually easily identifiable through your astrological code i would say that your masculine energy ingrid comes from the fact that like your mars which is the god of war the planet of action it's a very masculine planet it's in a position of power in your chart because it's in the house that it rules scorpio and it's in the sign that it is exalted in capricorn now both capricorn and scorpio are introverted signs or feminine signs because Capricorn is earth and Scorpio is water, but that there it's still in a position of power there. So your masculine planet is very strong in your chart. What would be the the most feminine Venus? Well, the feminine is, yeah, your Venus is also in a position of power because it's in the sign that it rules Libra. And your moon is in a position of power, which is also a very feminine planet because it's the planet of emotions. Your moon is in a position of power because it's in the sign that it rules, Cancer. So your Mars, your Venus, and your moon, Venus and, and, 
and the moon are the feminine, Mars is the masculine, all three of them are in power positions in your chart. This is why you have very strong feminine energy, but also very strong masculine energy. So interesting. I love that. <laughs> I'd like to, I want to have more conversations about that. I'm still, I want to delve deeper into that. That's really fun. Anytime. Yes. Um, let's see. Thank you, Lily, for the question. Uh, moving on to Awalina. She says, hi, can you explain a Saturn return and how do you know when you have one or have had one? She was born 420, 1979 at 428 in the morning in Hayward, California, Alameda County. Thank okay. you for all that you share with us. Amazing. Okay. Alina, let me see. Let me put your info into my uh, database here and caught me a little bit off guard. I didn't love realize it. I have to put the <laughs> the date, time, and place in, but love doing it. What were you saying, Ingrid? Oh, I was just saying all the names we have here are so amazing. We have Ariana, Ariana Noel, Lily, Aulina, and then there's, you know, I don't think we'll get to all these questions today. Alexa, Tori, Talia, Heather. They're just really gorgeous names. I'm having fun mm. over here. Yes. Okay. So Aulina was born with Saturn in Virgo. So her Saturn return, she's actually, Alina is actually experiencing a Saturn opposition this coming year. So the Saturn return happened, let's see, that would have been, and, and to answer the question to Alina, the way that you know your Saturn return is, is first of all, you gave me the date, time, and place of your birth. That's mm -hmm. the first step. So you look at the date, time, and place of your birth. You, you put in your birth chart. You see what pops up and where's Saturn. And if you have the basics of astrology, you will know what the symbol for Saturn is. You will know the sign that you will recognize the symbol for the sign. You can decode it there. But your Saturn, when you were born, was at seven degrees in Virgo, which means that your Saturn return was in 2008, 2008, 09. So let me, let me see here. That would have been exactly... Okay, yeah. So it happened, you know, this some people's Saturn returns are longer than other people's. Um Really? Oh yeah. Why? Well, because okay, I'm gonna show you something here well, on there's the there's a retrograde? Yes, exactly. Oh, cool. So sometimes so so we look here, here's Saturn. It's six degrees. So that first hit Alina in October, November of 2007, <clears throat> and then and then through into December a little bit, but then Saturn began to retrograde at eight degrees. So really, this was kind of a long Saturn return. It began in October, and Alina was feeling this from October all the way through to February of 2008. And then it came, so October 2007 to February 2008, and then it came back for that third time, um, 
well, it was really like one long time and then a second time that was quicker. Uh, the second time they, um, Alina started to fill that in July to August of 2008. So it was that long period from October to February. That was like a long period because Saturn began its retrograde at eight degrees. Her Saturn was at seven degrees and then another blip in July and August of 2008. And then um, do you want to go into a little bit about what is a Saturn return? Like how a Saturn return affects So the Saturn return is Saturn is the authority. It's the, it's the, it's, it's a cross of matter with a crescent of receptivity pointed down, symbolizing the work that is required to achieve your ambitions in the material world. Saturn is the god of wealth and time. It's the planet of restriction, responsibility, hard work, achievement, and authority. So Saturn is the boss. It is this is the symbol for Saturn here, cross of matter, crescent of receptivity pointed down. It's the boss. It's the authority. You were given an assignment when you were born. And your assignment is to do the work that is required by Saturn, but also, so where, what house is it in? What sign is it in? That is where you need to do the work, but then also following your North Node, your soul's purpose. The more that you're doing the work of Saturn that is required as based on your chart, the more that you are following your North Node, the more that you will receive the reward when the Saturn return occurs. It's like the authority coming back into the room, checking to see if you've done the work. (laughs) If you have, then you're rewarded. If you haven't, then you're punished. Most people are punished like I was when I was 29, 30, uh, because I had no idea what I was doing in life. And so, yes. And it comes, I mean, it comes around, around your 30 years old. And then it comes around around 60, which is like these both kind of coming of age moments. Like we think of like 18 and 21 as coming of age, but really like around 30, that's when you become like a real adult. There's a lot of transitions happening there. And it's like, you're really starting to be responsible. You're not just in your twenties anymore, just fucking around. Like you're finished with school. You're starting your career right now. Like mm-hmm. you're getting a little more serious, maybe starting a family. And then around 60, it's like, that's like the midlife crisis. Maybe you haven't been doing, you haven't really been fulfilling your soul's purpose. Maybe you missed the boat at 28, 30, whatever, or you just were never on that focused path of mm-hmm. figuring out why you're on earth. And then if, even whether or not you've been working on it, it's another, you know, it's another test. Yes. Yes. When you think of seven years, it's seven years is like the marker. At age seven, that's when Saturn squares Saturn. At age 14, that's when Saturn opposes Saturn. So seven is when you start to realize like you're you're your own person. You're separate from your parents. You're not clinging to your parents in the same way that you were from ages zero to six, seven is when you really start to step into your own power as an authority, even though you're a child. Then at 14, you're at that preteen, early teen years, which is another step up. Then seven years later, 21 is the second Saturn square Saturn. 21 
you by society standards are an adult now you can drink you know you can do different things then 28 is the Saturn return 28 29 30 it's different for everyone but it's around those ages and like Ingrid said, when once you get to the end of your 20s, you're like, oh, shit, I'm, I'm not going to be something. young forever. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get my shit together. Like, what's going on? I thought I was going to be, you know, so successful. And <laughs> I haven't been doing the work to be successful. Yeah. So, yes. Yes. Thank for, you, Scott. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, and then we have one more kind of question. I'm just going to read it anyways. Yeah. It's from Heather Williams. She said, can you do a bonus episode where you go through a ton of questions? I learn so much from other people's experiences. I love you. I love, love you too. The dynamic is perfect. Keep mm. on doing your thing. Thank you so much, Heather. Amazing. We've Thank been, you, Heather. We've been trying to get through some of these questions at the beginning of every episode so we don't run out of time. So we'll just keep, I think we're going to keep plugging away. We'll see where we're at, but I think we're going to just make it a point because sometimes we skip the questions when they're at the end because we've already gone on too long talking about who knows. And what. we're exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> or we're, yeah. Or Maggie has to go out or there's, yeah, any number yeah. of things at the end. So I think putting them at the beginning has been a good way to get, get through them all. And if you, if anyone out there has questions, if you ask a question in any of the channels besides through Spotify, we're going to answer it in that channel. So if you're on YouTube, we'll just answer the question on YouTube. There's just too many things to keep track of. If you send it to Instagram, we'll just answer it there. But if you go to Spotify, there is a Q&A part and you can submit your questions to be answered on the podcast there. Exactly. Also, if you, know, if you don't want to listen to questions or you want to skip ahead or go behind in terms of the day of the week, there are time markers in the show notes. So if you just go to each time marker, you will be able to go right to that day of the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. They all have their own little tab. Amazing. Usually I use those when I'm having either a really good day or a really bad day. And I want to go revisit <laughs> maybe what has happened astrologically to make sense of it. Yeah. A midweek meltdown. <laughs> What's going <Yes>. on? <laughs> yes. um, shall we get into the week? Let's get into the week, Ingrid. Yes. This is the week of April 3rd through the 9th. We begin on Monday, April 3rd. We're looking at Mercury, the messenger of the gods, guide of souls to the underworld, the planet of consciousness, communication, and coordination, moves into Taurus today. The fixed earth sign symbolized by the bull. And as it moves into Taurus, it aligns with Pluto, the god of death, lord of the underworld, the planet of transformation in the fixed air sign symbolized by the water bearer aquarius so this is square you can see from these symbols if you're watching they're very they're very similar they're both made up of all three root symbols the crescent of receptivity the circle of spirit and the cross of matter the only difference is mercury the crescent of receptivity is on top of the circle of spirit Pluto, the crescent of receptivity, is in between the circle of spirit and the cross of matter. Mercury is the guide of souls to the underworld. Pluto is the lord of the underworld. So this is a big transit here. This is the first time Mercury in Taurus is aligned with Pluto in Aquarius in what, 200 and something years 
uh, since the 1790s. I didn't look at the exact date, but there is some major transformation occurring here with regards to your, your mental process, your thought process, what you value, what's important to you, your likes and dislikes. How is that at odds with the community or the group, the group context? There could be some conflict between what you value and what the community, society, or the group values. So, yeah, this is just uh, butting heads. I'm So if anyone saw me, I was looking at my phone. Scott always sends me the alignments so I can see them on my computer too. So I wasn't on my phone. I was just putting them on my computer so I can follow along with you. Um. Yeah, I mean, that's the first thing I thought of was a little bit of excitement because it's mm -hmm. nice to tap into um, your mind being connected with your senses and the material. It feels like nurturing and fulfilling. But if your community isn't on the same page at, on like valuing and appreciating the same things as you, you're going to feel that uh, that separation from them or there might actually be a separation from them because they don't care about the thing, same things that you care about. Yes. Yes. And that's, and that's I mean, it's a square. That's, un, that's uncomfortable. It, it's a gift, but it's also scary. It might make you feel like something's wrong with you. I like this, but nobody else likes what I like. There's something wrong with me. But the way to work through this energy is to recognize that everybody's tastes are different or unique to their own. I mean, you might like some things that someone else likes, but you're not going to like everything that everyone else likes or that anyone else is going to like. It's There's going to be some differences. So this Aquarius energy is, is really urging us to embrace our differences, to recognize that each one of us is unique. Each one has a unique gift. And you're not really in competition with anyone other than yourself. And so lift each other up rather than tear each other down. I love that. And, and this is going to be, this is going to be a challenging transit of Mercury through Taurus because Mercury is going to be in Taurus for an extended period of time because it is going to retrograde. Oh, so Mercury is in Taurus from April 3rd until June 11th. Typically Mercury spends about three weeks in a single sign here it's going to be spending over two months oh, wow. in a single sign a so time. the mercury yes so mercury enters its retrograde shadow on april 7th so just a couple days from now uh it begins retrograde on april 21st the retrograde ends on may 15th and then mercury ends exits its retrograde shadow on May 31st. So the last time that Mercury was in Taurus, it was also retrograde, but last time it retrograded, it moved between Gemini and, and uh, Taurus. So it was in, it was in Mercury was in Taurus from April 10th to the 29th. And then May 22nd to June 13th, 2022. The last time before that, that Mercury was in Taurus was April 19th to May 3rd, 2021. So think back 
to those dates for clues on what could be in store for you this time around. Of course, if you were born with key astrological points or planets in Taurus or Aquarius, they square, or sorry, in in Leo or Aquarius. If you were born with key astrological points or planets in Leo or Aquarius, those two signs square Taurus. So there could be challenges for you during this transit of Mercury in Taurus. And then I can see, I'm just thinking like some of these are going to be squaring them. So that's more uncomfortable. It's like if you, I think if you're doing the work and you're recognizing how to appreciate yourself and the differences that you have from other people, the more you're going to feel okay at accepting that sometimes things will change because like your relationships can change because, or your community around you will shift because maybe you're not in tune with the same things as everyone else, but that's a, it's a good thing to be able to express what you really appreciate. So you can draw in the right kind of people for you. So even though that can be a scary and uncomfortable time, try to embrace knowing that whoever falls away, you will be called, this will be making space for the people that are, are a good fit for you to come in. And you're going to mm. feel even more accepted in your community when you have the right community around you. Love that. So be yourself yeah. because when you're being yourself, then you're attracting people that are an appropriate reflection of you. Absolutely. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Amazing. So let's move on to Tuesday, Tuesday, April 4th. We've got the moon, the planet of emotions in the mutable earth sign symbolized by the Virgin and ruled by Mercury, opposing Neptune, the god of fresh water and the sea, the planet of illusion, deception, compassion, and intuition in the mutable water sign symbolized by the fish Pisces, which is ruled by Neptune. So the moon opposing Neptune. So when the moon is transiting through Virgo, we're taking an, um, an analytical look at our emotions at what we're feeling. And those feelings could be quite critical, especially to yourself. And so if you are feeling that sort of self-hatred or criticism, like this is a time to really show yourself compassion. That's what Neptune and Pisces is about. It's about showing yourself compassion so that you can integrate any sort of critical, overly analytical, beating yourself up uh, thought patterns uh, so that you can integrate them with understanding, forgiveness, and love for yourself. I love So I, what are you beating yourself up over? <laughs> I love when you you say that the understanding forgiveness and love because I think it is it is a gift to be able to critique our own emotions and that's how we understand ourselves better. That's how we understand why we're doing what we're doing. But remind that your reminder for that Pisces energy is to be compassionate. We're just learning. We're all just here learning what the fuck to do. And the only way to learn a lesson is to like go through an uncomfortable time of doing it wrong before you can do it right and actually critiquing it. So don't throw away the critique. That is important as well, but don't be so harsh with it. Be able to try to take the emotion out of the critique while you're looking at it. It's just like 
these are facts that happen to us. We get upset over things, yes. we do the wrong thing, and we we shift and we do better next time. Exactly. It's hard. It's fucking Life is really hard. <laughs> fucking hard. And I mean, yeah, it's just like trying to do the right thing all the time and then it not going right. You're like, oh my God, how did this happen? You know, and if you think of like if you were a child, do you want somebody to speak to you? You fucking idiot. You're so fucking dumb. Like, I told no. you not to touch the hot stove. Yeah. Like, we, yeah, we have all to touch those the hot sorts stove. of things. We, yeah. We got to touch it first. What are we going yes. to scream about ourselves afterwards? I can't believe you did that. It's like we didn't know. And even if we think we know, we didn't know. And even, even if you did know, it's an accident. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't mean to. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you did mean to. And now you're hurting anyway. It's like just take Sometimes it easy we need on a re- yourself. A reminder. <laughs> yes. But when you're able to show yourself compassion, that's when you're showing that you're ready to go out there again Mm -hmm. and have a similar experience Mm -hmm. so that you can do it differently this next time. Yeah, so true. As opposed to if you're just beating yourself up continually, then you're not really ready to make amends and do things differently than you had in the past. Well, there's no space to. I mean, I, I didn't think that I was doing that. But I have been in a really bad cycle of beating myself up over it, not working out with my ex by thinking of all the things I could have done differently. What if I would have said this? What I would have done that? What if I would have given an ultimatum? What if I would have, you know, tried harder? What if we did more therapy? Like all these what ifs that were like on me. But like the fact is that time moves forward and you can't go backwards. Mm -hmm. So what are you going to do moving forwards? That's the only that's they it. didn't do anything. Exactly. There is no backwards. No, there's not. So obsessing on the what if or why did I do this certain thing doesn't do anything unless we're actually using it as a critique and learning from our issues. I didn't do this last time. Next time the situation arises, I want to make sure I implement these things. Mm-hmm. And, and even writing that down, maybe that would help you to be like, this is the mistakes I made in the past. This is how I would like to do things moving forward if the same situation arises so I don't forget. Because we can so easily forget and repeat our, you know, mistakes over and over. It just happens unconsciously. So, you know, setting aside some time to actually sit with those critiques so we can decide what we want to do next time. Yes. And with the moon in Virgo, you bring up a great point. It's a great time to write down whatever it is you're feeling. Virgo's all about writing and taking notes and those sorts of things. So so on Tuesday, you're writing down all the critique. And then on Wednesday, which is oh, the full moon in Libra, you're burning it on fire. You're lighting it on fire. Like all this shit that I'm blaming myself for, I'm going to light it on fire, send it out. It's no longer a part of me. This is such a powerful full moon right here. It's going to be opposing Chiron, the wound, the ancient wisdom that is unlocked through healing that wound, which is conjunct the sun in the cardinal fire sign symbolized by the ram Aries, the moon in the cardinal air sign symbolized by the scales Libra. And then you've got Mercury in Taurus forming a positive sextile with Saturn 
in Pisces. So taking responsibility, Saturn, Saturn in Pisces, connecting to Mercury in Taurus. We want to take responsibility for the thoughts that I'm having in my inner world, my unconscious thoughts, my dreams, my fantasies, those those thoughts that just sort of rise up when you're driving, taking the same route that you've taken every single day and you don't even realize how you got from where you from your house to your work because you've just been in your mind the whole time. Like that Saturn is really sort of crystallizing this right now. And it's making it really hard for us to show ourselves compassion, to be empathetic to others, to trust our intuition, and to have faith that everything fucked up that's going on right now is somehow, some way in my highest good. I don't know how. I can't see it right now, but I trust that it is. That's the challenge that we're all going to experience in some way, shape, or form over the next three years as Saturn transits through Pisces. The illusion is going to become more real and and illusions are going to be revealed as well. And if they're revealed, is it real? I don't know. How do we know? What is the truth? And so Mercury in Taurus grounds us into reality. What what is my self-worth? What do I value in my conscious mind? I say this about myself in my conscious mind. What is that? What do you say about yourself? And can you take responsibility for these thoughts that are occurring in the unconscious, in the conscious, then facing the fears because the sun is conjunct Chiron. So the sun is illuminating. This is a new cycle of the sun illuminating our wound to self-confidence so what is the wound to your self-confidence how are you feeling about yourself what what are your insecurities right now and the last time the sun was conjunct chiron in aries was back on april 1st of 2022 so How have you evolved since April 1st, 2022? Are you more self-confident? Are there insecurities that you still need to look at within yourself? And the moon is highlighting the relationships. Maybe you're finding your insecurities through your partner. Mm. You see your partner's (laughs) insecure about something. You're like, oh, do I have that same insecurity? I mean, also partners are such a reflection for like, you think you've healed all your shit and then a partner comes in and you're like, oh fuck, I'm insecure about X, Y, and Z Mm because they're fucking that, you know, we like to point the finger and be like, you're not doing this for me. And now I feel bad. And it's like, oh, actually that's just our own insecurities that have been here all along. And then now there's another person to reflect all of your own unmet needs that you think a partner should fulfill. So I mean, this moon, it's uh, Libra. So Balance and grace. Yes. Being graceful about accepting these things. Exactly. Going back, though, to like the new moon in Aries. So there was the first new moon in Aries, which was March 21st, 
22nd, depending on where you are in the world. Then there's going to be a second new moon in Aries coming up in a couple weeks. But Aries, the four cornerstone of Aries are self-love, courage, confidence, authenticity. So the new moon in Aries is about setting your intentions to love yourself, setting your intentions to have the courage to be authentically confident. Well, that's just going back to Monday of maybe having some sort of discomfort of tapping into what is important to you and maybe your community is not in alignment with that. Mm -hmm. And then maybe you're being critical about it the next day, getting in your head about like maybe why my, you know, my inner world isn't matching up. And then Wednesday it's like, oh, well now we're going to have balance and grace. Now we're going to charge ahead. We're not going to fucking worry about hiding ourselves because that we're, we're, we're ready to heal our wound. It's okay to be different. And it's, it's it's not only okay, it's important to just Mm -hmm. be ourselves. And, and in healing the wound and being yourself, being authentic, this is where this full moon in, in Libra, it's a release. And so we want to release any tendencies that are occurring in our close personal relationships, or maybe it's releasing an actual relationship, like a Mm -hmm. breakup, because this person does not reflect me authentically. Yeah. Or maybe it's something about this relationship that is inauthentic and I need to bring my, I'm going to release whatever is inauthentic about this relationship. And maybe that leads to a breakup or maybe the other side says, you know what? You're right. Um, I feel the same way. And you both release whatever facade you're holding up to face one another in the relationship. This is about taking down the facade. I mean, this year, when you think of the moon, Remember, the moon is where it was 19 years ago. And so where were you in April of 2004? What was going on in your life? Now, if you can't think of that specifically to yourself, I certainly can't for me. I know. Um, There are several other planets that were in similar same signs too, like Mercury. Um, Mercury is in the same sign. Taurus. Um, there was also uh, the North Node in Taurus back in 2004, but that was the last time there were two new moons in Aries. And think about this, Ingrid. There was a crisis that occurred in 2001. There was another crisis that occurred in 2020, 2021. And these crises, these traumatic events, changed the way you think yeah the way that you identify the way that you know yourself and so this is sort of that cosmic opportunity to reset and say this is who i am now it's a new world and a new me so who is the new you in the new world yeah and who are the people that you're surrounding yourself with to reflect you in your most authentic way. I love that. So if you're curious to know what's going on with you in the next lunar cycle, which will be the new moon in Aries part two, and then the full moon in Scorpio, I encourage you to enroll in my moon cycle classes. 
which are available for enrollment at theweeklytransit.com. Thursday, April 6th, Mercury and the North Node in Taurus. So the planet of communication, conscious mind, connectivity, coordination, conjunct at the same degree in the same sign as the North Node, the soul's purpose, the karmic pathway of the soul, Taurus, self-worth, values. We're taking a very conscious look at our self-worth and our values. So what do you value? What is the status of your self-worth? We understand why Taurus comes after Aries. Aries is about who am I? Taurus is what do I need? I don't know what I need if I don't know who I am. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so the more we are, learn about yeah. ourselves, the more we know what we need. Exactly. So, set, you know, setting aside time to learn about ourselves will open us up to be able to demand or ask or do the things for ourselves that need to be done. And maybe that means changing. That could mean a lot of changing the way we do things or asking for you know, asking for different things because we are learning more about ourselves. Oh, I didn't know I even needed that. I need, I, maybe you have a partner that's like, maybe I need to just not fucking talk to me in the morning. I need quiet in the morning. Maybe you went on a trip, you realized, wow, my day is so good when I have an hour to myself. But maybe if you have kids even, it's like, okay, I need my own hour to, you know, start my day, whatever it is that has been a, like kind of an epiphany of yours being able to share it and ask for what you need out of the people around you. Yes. And if people care about you and they value you, they're going to value your values. So it's like, well, maybe they get excited when they wake up and they just want to talk to you, but they're like, Oh, I know this is what they need. So I'm not going to take it personal. I want to make sure they're taken care of. That's important to me that they get what they need to feel happy. Mm -hmm. Love it. Amazing. Thank you, Ingrid. I mean, I wake up and immediately start talking, so that's definitely not me. <laughs> just a random example. But <laughs> Gemini rising. When you're rising, you're talking. <laughs> Friday, April 7th, is we've got Mercury just sitting here by itself. Just a reminder that, that Mercury moves into its retrograde shadow today, April 7th. Uh, it will be in retrograde coming up on April 21st. The retrograde ends May 15th and it moves out of its retrograde shadow on May 31st. So when the retrograde ends on May 15th, Mercury will be right here at five degrees in Taurus. So five weeks from now, Mercury will be in the exact same spot that it's in right now. So take your time. Right now, really focus on where do I want to be in terms of establishing my self-worth and what I value? Where do I want to be by April 21st? Where do I want to be by May 15th? And where do I want to be by May 31st in terms of establishing my mental process and communicating my self-worth and what I value? Now, helping along with this transit is Venus, Lady Luck, the goddess of love and beauty, the planet of relationships, and the planetary ruler of Taurus, therefore in a position of power because it's in the sign that it rules, aligning in a positive sextile with Neptune in Pisces. So Neptune in the sign that it rules, Pisces, Venus in the sign that it rules, Taurus, 
This is a really positive, powerful alignment to bring your dreams, your fantasies into reality, connecting the dreams to the senses. Like, this is what I love. This is what I want. This is what makes me feel good. This is my value. This is my time to manifest that, to manifest what I want. And what I want reflected from my partners, the people that I'm in relationship with, whether it be a lover, a friend, or a business partner. It feels like a culmination of the this whole week, kind of, because maybe you did all that work and now you're appreciating it. And the people that you're close with are appreciating that as well. You're in community with people that like what you like. And now you're like, it's a day of healing to be able to sit in this space. Yes. I really feel like after this full moon, this release of like, I'm letting all these insecurities, this baggage or whatever that I'm carrying around in these relationships, whether it's releasing a relationship or releasing an idea, an idea within relationship, either way, like it's this release is going to help you reset and these coming transits, as we talked about Venus connecting to um, to Neptune, but on Friday, on Saturday, April 6th, it's Mercury in Taurus aligning in a positive sextile with Mars, the god of war, the planet of action, aggression, and conflict in the cardinal water sign symbolized by the crab, Cancer. So the planet of consciousness and communication in a positive sextile with the planet of action. So this is about connecting to that mental process of what are my likes and dislikes? What do I value? And now what are the steps that I need to take? How can I put that into action, move forward towards creating the home life, the home environment that I want, Mm. that makes me feel emotionally safe and secure. And maybe having the courage to look back into my past, my roots, my upbringing, my childhood, the ones who raised and nurtured me, or my ancestors, and how did they create security, or a lack of security? Where do these values come from? My values, my likes and dislikes, Are they from my family, my ancestors, my upbringing? Are they solely my own? Where do they stem from? It's digging into the roots a little bit and looking and seeing what's there. I was just thinking, I I always have this period of time in my early 20s where I felt like everything was just going right. I was just taking care of myself so well that I just felt so happy all the time. I had dedicated days that were yoga. That meant no drinking. That meant like good breakfast that meant going to bed early then it would spill into the day before I felt like half of my week ended up being preparing to have these days that were just for me to work on myself and just having really strong boundaries around it even if I was like traveling I'm like oh, I'm gonna go to a class on this day I don't care if it's a family thing I'm gonna leave for a couple hours take care of myself and then somehow I follow like some business account or something and it was talking about setting aside time for accountability within yourself and structure Mm -hmm. and how that relates to accomplishing your goals and your happiness. And I was like, Oh, I had so much or like so many strong boundaries with myself and organization. And I felt like I really knew myself in those moments to be able to get what I wanted. So I feel like looking at this, it's like taking action in your taking action to get what you need to be fulfilled taking action about the things that you value and incorporating them into your life is just the consciousness from Mercury being 
consciously aware of what we need and being able to take action to get it. Yes, that's it. it it's like the puzzle is coming together because it's like a lot of the times I'm like, I know what I need. I don't have the energy or the wherewithal to like take action or I don't even know what I need. And it's like, oh, now I know what I need and I'm going to go fucking get it so mm-hmm. I can feel good. Yes. Love it. Love it. Awesome, Ingrid. Okay, moving on to Sunday, April 9th. Another water-earth connection again with Venus in Taurus, now opposing the moon in the fixed water sign symbolized by the scorpion Scorpio. So this opposition is my emotions, my emotional attachment or connection to the, the ones that I'm most intimate with, the ones I'm, I'm most deeply bonded to, and my self-worth, my values. So are my values being supported and lifted by those that I'm bonded to? Am I lifting the ones that I'm bonded to and in supporting them in embracing their self-worth and what they value? So this is the sort of reset after that full moon in Leo. It's an opportunity, as we said, to release what isn't working, but now come back together and find what is working or how we can balance this together in terms of your self-worth, my self-worth, your values, my values. How do we make it work? What kind of like energy is Scorpio bringing to this? That's the intimacy in the relationship? Yes. Deep passion. Very vulnerable. This is, you know, when, when the moon is in Scorpio, it might be hard to express your emotions because they're so intense. So, but hopefully that intensity is kind of let up a little bit after the full moon and you're able to share some of the most deepest, most intimate parts of yourself while saying like this, actually, this is what I value. This is what's important to me. I've been nervous about telling you what I really like. Uh, because I'm afraid that if I do tell you what I really like, then you're not going to like me. Um, oh, so it's, the, it's so scary when that happens. Yes. But, I mean, I feel like I go through, I still go through those moments being in like a partnership. It's so crazy where I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm myself all the time. And it's not true. I still hide things that I'm scared of as, as like new emotions come up. It's always so scary to be like, oh, well, what if this ruins everything? What if they don't respect what I value? Yeah. What if the relationship changes or yeah what if they don't like me anymore because of what i shared and i mean at least my personal lesson that i've been learning is every time i share at least at this point has been so well received even if he doesn't agree with the thing he's always very compassionate and Hmm. whether or not we're on the exact same page about it knowing that the other person respects you enough to be careful with your feelings and respect just respect you Mm-hmm. I think that's such an amazing lesson. So it's like, if you don't have people in your life that are willing to accept you for who you are and how you feel, then like, they're probably not the best people to have that close to you. So it what? is extra scary when it's like that sensitive, like closeness in the relationship. But like, you don't want to have somebody that can't care for you in those moments that you can't share yourself with. Well, it's like, what did you just say? If you don't have somebody in your life who cares for you or respects you, then what does that mean about you? You don't respect yourself. Exactly. 
I mean, I've been there a million times. So yes. when they answer that question is like, why are you hiding it? It's like, well, you're, you're hiding from yourself too. Yes. You're hiding yourself. Yes. That's not, it's not healthy to be like, you can think you're having this deep, intimate connection. You're scared of ruining it, but it's like, well, it's really not that deep because you're not really sharing yourself. Yes. So it is, there is that vulnerable moment of possibly breaking it or ruining it, but it's like, that's also a potential moment of deeper connection when you can actually move through that and share yourself more. Mm-hmm. So it's so fucking scary to be vulnerable. It really is. Yes. Actually, even is. on, even on the podcast, every time I share more about maybe a family or a relationship dynamic or something, it was when I'm editing is when I'm really hearing it back <laughs> and I'm like, Oh no, should I take that out? And I'm just like, well, that doesn't make, I can't just take it out. Then there's, nothing to connect the astrology with the real life example. And I'm always get like nervous about it somehow. And then every time that I get like scared when I share something a little more than I anticipated is when I get like, you know, a influx of messages being like, Oh my gosh, me too. Thank you so much for sharing and being vulnerable. I'm like, Oh Mm. fuck. You know, it's, I'm always scared that something, yeah, even like some listener will be like, why are you sharing this much? And then I feel like it's always ends up being a gift. Mm. You're you're so brave. You're so brave, Ingrid. You're always so encouraging. You always, you're always such a great cheerleader. And even though you like always push my boundaries of working on myself, you're always so compassionate and make me feel really safe. And I mean, if anyone hasn't gotten a reading with Scott, his, just his energy and his work is so amazing for being able to transform like the level of pushing someone's boundaries while also holding space for them and making them feel like it's going to be okay. Even if you take these scary new steps is like, it's been, I mean, just made such an impact on my life and the way I am in relationships. And even though we've been doing this for three years, I mean, basically this is like a little mini reading every time we meet, (laughs) like these things still come up, new things still come up and I still need that like cheerleader in you to like push, push me to do the right thing for myself. Yes. Amazing. So thank you, Scott. You're welcome, your, Ingrid. You're your welcome. Work. You're welcome. Absolutely. Thank you for your vulnerability, for your trust in me, for your courage on, to come on the show and, and be so open and authentic in who you are. It's a blessing for me and I believe for our listeners too. I think so. Yes. Well, thank you, Scott. And thank you everyone for listening. Do we thank the listeners this week? Oh, we got to thank our, let's thank our, uh, yes, our, our sponsors, Jessica, Kendra, Larry, Jasmine, Brenna, Barbara, Grace, Janelle, Vincent, and Michelle, Clarissa, Nicole, Aline, Cassie, Merdinas, Brooke, Ricky, Amaranth, Libby, Annie, Amber, Stephanie, Deborah, Haley, Janine, Carrie, Ah! and Catherine. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all so much for supporting the podcast. It allows us to do more of what we love, sharing the planets and stars with you. If you would like to support the podcast, you can donate to the podcast. The link is in the show notes. You can donate $1, $5, or $10 a month. If you don't have the means financially, you can give us a five-star rating on any of the platforms. You can write us a review. You can go purchase the book. You can go to Spellbound Sky and get one of the books. Yes. Or you can go on Amazon if you're not in LA. Um, you can get a reading with Scott. You can go to a moon cycle class. So there's a lot of ways to support. And we appreciate all of the comments, all of the messages 
big and small that everyone sends us. Yes. And thank you again to Mark and Martin. It's Spellbound. We're so grateful for your support and encouragement. I'm so grateful for for the impact that you've had on my life over the last seven years. So incredible. So oh, almost that's that seven, seven years. Year, that seven-year cycle <laughs> exactly, over here. Exactly, the seven-year cycle. So in my seven-year cycle, I got my book in Spellbound Sky. It's really amazing. And it wasn't even Scott. like a goal or a dream or an ambition. And it just, but it, it's it's more than it than I could have imagined. You know, it's like how people are like, I never could have imagined this, but it's even better than what I could have imagined. That's how I feel. It's incredible. So thank you again. All right, I will see you next week, Scott. See you next week, Ingrid. Thank you for listening to the Weekly Transit. Follow us on Instagram for daily updates about the planetary alignments and how to work with the energy. If this podcast is helping you navigate life more gracefully, please subscribe, rate us five stars, and share with your friends. If you're ready to go deeper, book a personal reading with Scott or sign up for his new moon, full moon class at theweeklytransit.com. The weekly transit, 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 transit.